This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created and nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the world's car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is where our auto expert lives and two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. You probably, uh, you probably already heard that Larry King passed away. Do you know what he used to drive? Just take a wild guess at what Larry King used to drive. Cadillac convertible. Oh, you're on the right track, but you're wrong. Of course. Why does it have to be a convertible? With hair like that, Larry King probably didn't drive a convertible, just saying. <laughs> it might have blown off. I don't know. Well. Think just another guess. Another guess. Um, you're very close with a Cadillac. Really? Yeah. I don't know, an Escalade? No, well, that would be a Cadillac. Well, it? you said close with another a Cadillac. Brand. <laughs> another brand. Another brand. A Buick. Oh, you're just like circling it right now. Oh, Chrysler. No, no. Oh, God. Like, God, Jordan got it right. Come on. No, no, don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Come on. Come on, Jordan. No, I'm not saying anything. Oh. Come on. What is it? I don't know. I didn't really. A Lincoln. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay. It's a Lincoln. Okay. Yeah, Larry King used to drive a Lincoln. (laughs) So we posted on on our Facebook site, Lincoln lost another owner today. Oh, it's so sad. Uh, it is sad. But uh, of course, Larry King drove a Lincoln. What else would he drive? It's so obvious. Just look at him. He's a Lincoln owner. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, I didn't like really psychoanalyze You him. Uh, You rode in <laughs> an electric car today, didn't you? Yes, I did. And you uh, didn't like my driving. Oh, uh, so It's not you, the unusual every week's <laughs> like that. I mean, to be honest with you, you don't like my driving any week, so no. that's not different. No, it's pretty great when you uh, brag to the Starbucks girl that, yes, I drive like crazy. I was just sitting there going, yes, he No, is. I did that for your benefit because oh, you complain. Okay. Like, you complain like, <laughs> unless I drive. Well, to be honest with you, Jen, you drive like crazy person too. No. But, but yeah, you do. Not me. Yeah, you do. If you don't have phone books to sit on, uh, you drive like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, well, person. if you don't go, what, zero to 60 in like 15 less than a second, then. And the, less than a second? Yeah, less than then a second. <laughs> that, apparently that. <laughs> Jen is now providing her own sound effects for the show. Uh, yeah, no, uh, when you have a vehicle that goes zero to 60 in six seconds, I mean, five seconds or less, you need to just make sure it still does it every time you get in the car. Yeah. Green um, light, red light, green light. Do you know what I noticed is that I've, I don't have a, a level two charger at my house. I have to charge off the regular 110 volt charger. I'm getting a one. I'm getting a, a level two charger put in my house mm-hmm. for the electric cars that keep coming in into the new studio as well uh, from ChargePoint. But I've been using um, some of the public level two chargers. Yes. And depending on what the temperature is outside, we all know this. Everybody knows this if they drive electric vehicles. But it changes every time I charge it up. Even if it goes to 100%, it tells me a different a different range on the it's car. So cold. Yeah, the temperature today mm-hmm. it was 189 miles, and yesterday it was like 200 and something miles because the temperature is so different mm-hmm. this crazy you know that i know that i know the temperature changes the distance but it surprises you when you charge the car up and you unplug it and go really is that all i have all right let's talk about what's on the show today because it is a packed show um 
old guys are video guys. Didn't know if you knew that, but they are. Uh, I play video games all the time because I'm on uh, TV all the time. I don't necessarily watch a lot of television, and I'm on radio all the time. So my escape is video games. We're going to be talking to Shad Balch from Chevrolet about the fact that the Stinger is coming to Forza Horizon 4. Stingray. I said Stingray. Stingray, Stingray. not the Stinger. The Stingray, the Corvette Stingray is coming to uh, Forza Horizon 4 as an update. Uh, Mark Gillies is talking about how VW is uh, getting into the cloud business. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the CES tech automotive stuff that came to our eyes this week. Miriam Joao is going to join us. John Quinn uh, talking about the uh, BMW 4 Series. It has a new grill and it looks like an angry rabbit. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Vince joining us to talk about uh, Stellantis. And then, you, that's, by the way, that's what FCA became. Mm-hmm. They changed the name. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles changed the name last weekend to Stellantis. Um, and talk about Amazon Alexa and how that's going into their vehicles. Anton Warman joining us. And we're going to talk about some of the cool cars we've been driving this week. But uh, hold your horses, everybody. Shad Balch is here from Chevrolet to talk about the new Corvette Stingray uh, going into Forza Horizon 4. Shad, are you a video gamer? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the mantra is changed. I uh, actually tend to play a lot of first-person shooter games because uh, it helps me not be so angry, I think. Um, I'm not the only one, though. Like, a lot of auto journalists play. I have friends online um, I'm not going to out them publicly because I'm not sure how public it is, but uh, just say some friends from Edmonds uh, who play, and we play uh, online. We play the same games uh, quite often, but I'm not very good at racing games uh, just because, especially the track games. What? I am the same way. Unless I'm in a simulator, like a real simulator, I'm okay, but tra- I'm awful. On video those. games? Yes. I, I hit the wall all the time. I, I spin out all the time. Yeah. I, I go too fast around it's, corners. It's not like, I think the feedback, the feedback, you don't, because when you have a controller in your hand, unless you have the whole setup, which is, I don't know, $2,000 when you buy the steering wheel and all the bits and pieces. When when you do that, I hit the wall all the time. Have you have you played some of these games in depth, Shad? And how well do you do when you play racing games on the computer? I have. And I got to tell you, it's it's just like you were saying, the more equipment that you can load up in your living room, the more realistic the game becomes and then the more addictive it becomes. But then at some point, I'm just going to go hop in the actual Corvette and drive it, right? right. You see, you're but, lucky. You have the opportunity to do that. My biggest problem is if I get into these games too much, I'm going to be spending all this money on shifters and, and dashes in my games room and racing it. seats and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's different. I don't have a Corvette Stingray like Shad does sitting but in my garage. But you could have one. I know I could have one. <laughs> I actually, I'm not allowed to have any more cars. I already bought my an amount of cars this year. That'll uh, change. But ultimately, I could go jump in the real one. Uh, the Forza, I noticed this. I was looking at the website uh, which announces the Stingray, and there are, I can see s- several new cars coming this year, including... Uh, the BMW Z4, that calls it rare. They also have the Pontiac Firebird Trans Am SD455. They call that rare. There is the Bugatti Chiron. They call that legendary. That's the 2018 version. The 1970 Ford GT70. They call that legendary. And then there is the season event 2020 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray Coupe, and they call that epic. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
how did you get an epic title? Did you guys have to fork over cash or what? I mean, that's pretty cool to get an epic title in the game. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, it's, that's sort of like the coveted holy grail when you get a label like that in a video game, in a in a real life simulated video game, like the level of Forza is in terms of popularity and use. It's pretty remarkable, and we're pretty proud of it. Yeah, it also looks like, and I've only read like a couple pages of the press release, but it also looks like you have to get through pretty much the game and win everything to be able to drive it. So uh, you've got to drive a lot of things, starting off with which looks like the most common car, the 1965 Morris Mini Traveler, <laughs> which doesn't look much fun to drive at all on a racetrack. <laughs> and then you have to get through all the vehicles to get all the way up to uh, to be able to race it. So you have to win pretty much every title. It might just be easier to go out and spend your money and buy a new one. To I be agree. Honest, the amount of time you'd have to put in, uh, just yeah, to get... we were getting we were getting a kick out of it because they do the game does make you go through several different levels, and I think it's called the Find New Roads track that you have to get through in order to get to the car itself, which is very interesting because you're up against some of these you know exotic Italian European made supercars that cost so much more in real life than what the Corvette costs. But yet online, it's not just handed to you. Yeah. And it's probably in the, in the same thing in real life. I mean, you, it's not just handed to you in real life. You have to do a little bit of work for it, and uh, uh, which is exactly how life should be as well. Did you guys have to go through quite a lot of data handover to the Forza team at Microsoft to actually have them program it in? Because I'm sure the car responds pretty similarly in the game than it does in real life because you had to make it semi-realistic, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is what the value of these games brings is the real-life aspect to it. And we did. We had to work, work a lot behind the scenes to give the programmers over at Xbox, all the information they need to be able to computer model the vehicle in all the different settings. And if you played Horizon 4 over the, uh, the Forza game, you'll, you'll know that one of the biggest features they have is that they, they change seasons. And so every time you log into the game, there's, there's the potential for there to be in a completely new environment for the vehicle that you get to experience. So it keeps you sharp in terms of your, your gaming skills. You can play by yourself. You can play with multiplayer and it's it's quite remarkable the way that they're able to take our computer data and turn it into what appears to be a real life vehicle. I mean, you, you see, you look at the photos, and you have to see the disclosure at the bottom to confirm whether or not this is an actual picture of a real car or if it's all digitized. It's that yeah. good. Yeah, it looks really good. And I have to tell you that I have the game downloading onto my uh, Xbox <laughs> Series X right now at home. So, so it would take you like five years to no, get to the vet? <laughs> no, um, well, I might do. But ultimately, I know I have a guy I can call called Chad uh, in L.A. who could send me one if I get that desperate. Although I've, I've Well, probably... I think we need to race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 it's on. You just said I, it. Yeah. Yep. We, it's on. We have to have a Twitch party or something so everyone can see it. I'll uh, video it. The game <laughs> is the game is available now. Uh, Forza Horizon Four. There is loads of updates for it. Uh, you might have to play it a little bit before you get granted the ability to race the brand new 2020 Corvette uh, 
Corvette Stingray Coupe, uh, but it is an epic label in this game, and uh, maybe Shad and I will be twitching our race together, but I assure you, my friend, I'm going to have to practice a little bit first because I don't want my backside kicked, which I know will happen if we do it immediately. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Shad, it's always a great time talking to you. I'm looking forward to playing the game, and anybody else who hasn't played it, go out and play it so you can get your Corvette Stingray. We'll be back. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside a car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Whether you like it or not, it's part of your life, the cloud. It exists. It stores much of your life, much of your data. And one thing I like about, like about Volkswagen is they do not try and reinvent the wheel. They went to some of the biggest companies to help them harness the cloud and use it as part of their company uh, because we're all going to have to invite the cloud into our cars because the cars use data and the cloud already exists so Volkswagen are now harnessing the cloud and they're using Seattle as one of their base cities to uh, harness the cloud in to tell us more about it Mark Gillies joins us on the phone so Mark I remember going to a Volkswagen event in Napa Valley several years ago when Volkswagen were hiring many programmers from the banking industry to help them harness um, more digital aspects of the car and do it securely to make sure that there couldn't be any hacking. And that's probably more the case now that you're harnessing the cloud for your vehicles because you're going to have millions of vehicles on the road that are going to be using the cloud uh, to stream data to and from the vehicles. So not only do you have to make it secure, but you also have to use some people who know how to harness the cloud and and do that. And you've done both of those things uh, because we can't really avoid the cloud being part of our lives. And in-car means that that's going to happen. You know, it's it's an unavoidable truth, right? Absolutely. I mean, I was just, uh, I was literally down in our engineering and planning center looking at um, our ID4s, our press cars running in rolling in and and having a discussion where actually we have to um, get internet service for the cars to function fully. So for things like the navigation on board and stuff like that, um, you have to be connected. You know, for instance, if you want to know where to go uh, to get a charger, all of that information is having to be streamed back and forwards to to the car, basically. Um, It's not just a case of, you know, putting in a a CD and uh, like in the old days and, and, when the data comes up nowadays, it's a lot more sophisticated than that. And you're looking at data, you know, in real time on locations and, uh, you know, things like charging stations, as I say, and, you know, even things like, you know, where, where do you want to go for your next? the next meal or whatever when we're allowed to do that kind of thing yes when we're allowed to do it one one of the things that's sort of interesting too is that we used to rely on our phones for a lot of this stuff but things change so quickly with data in uh, software in the vehicles as well you might find something that doesn't work the way it was planned to work and you need to update it you can't really wait for the person's next dealer service you need to do it immediately for one reason or the other you can sort of set it to uh, update overnight and you can have the problem fixed you know as somebody's sleeping, you can update it uh, with an over-the-air update. So it's an immediate fix to something you might have had to wait three months for. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, we will have over-the-air software uh, ability in, in the future. It's not there right at this moment. Um, but, you know, going forward, that's definitely going to happen. And, and, you know, one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, we can see in the future where you buy a car and you have X number of features on it and you decide, you know, you really need some more features and you can actually, you know, buy those and then have them uh, implemented over the, over, over the air, as it were. So I think, you know, that's going to change buying habits, I think, with, with vehicles. Um, you know, you can buy a car potentially, you know, you can't even buy a car nowadays almost without navigation because virtually everything has App Connect or uh, Android Auto on it. So, you know, you've got the, the navigation that comes from your phone as well. So I think, um, yeah, you, you're just going to see a lot more features that are available over, over the air in the future. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it, it, I think, you know, you, you can even harness some of the data from the vehicle. You know, the manufacturer can do that and use that to, you know, optimize and help develop things like batteries with longer range. Because if you've got all, and, and actually, to be honest, Tesla's been doing that for a while and, um, you know, it helps them. They have data um, on how their users actually use their um EVs and and they know how much they go into the battery and all that kind of stuff, so they can then optimise how much of the battery's um, capability you can use before you need to uh, get it charged, for instance. Right. Why? Uh, in the couple of minutes we have left, tell us why that you chose Seattle as your hub. <laughs> there's, there's a very big there's a very big company based there called Microsoft. Right. So, that's... <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean. Uh, uh, obviously, and, and you know, the cloud. We we we. It's in collaboration with Microsoft. Right. Um, but obviously, it's 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 sort of cloud city, isn't it? Really. I mean, right. at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's one of the computing hubs in in North America, um, and you know, it's a, it's a great place to live. Obviously, so it's one of those things like you know, getting software developers in in Silicon Valley. You have to go to where the the expertise oh. and the people are you know and it it's kind of it's kind of difficult to get people to move from seattle to say virginia or yeah. you know auburn hills michigan when yeah. uh, you know you're based out there your life's out there it's a great place to live and and i, I think it's the same as well with, with silicon valley you know you have to go to where the talent is at the end of the day right uh last question id4 first car to really uh, harness this cloud-based or is it is it going to be in other vehicles that are pre-existing um, I mean, the first car, I guess, where we we've, we've been, you know, the, the ID cars, the ID three and ID four, um, are the, the first of our cars where we we really are reliant um, on the the, the 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 connected world. I, I guess is is what what I'd say. But you're going to see all of the cars, you know, in every manufacturer's fleet. Um, relying on these features, I, I say with EVs, it's it's kind of even more important because you know if you're driving a regular car and you, you're getting a bit low on on gas, um, there's a lot of gas stations around. If you're driving an EV and you know the, the vehicle says you've got 20% range left and you still got 50 miles to go or whatever, um, it's really useful to know where the nearest fast charger is. So that's that's the kind of functionality and capability that you know the cloud gives you that you don't have with the, the sort of old-fashioned 
um, operating systems on vehicles. Yeah, and for someone that has some electric cars in their fleet now, I'm uh, I'm thankful for you pointing out where those fast chargers are because uh, otherwise I'd be in serious trouble. Mark Gillies from VW, always glad to know that you're at the cutting edge of technology. Stand by, we've got more Our Auto Experts on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I have been lucky enough to be driving the brand new Toyota Venza. Uh, it's interesting. I did a bit of research, and Toyota Lexus have 14, 14 hybrid and alternative uh, powered vehicles on the market now they sort of crept up on us during covid and uh, during the last year or so i didn't realize how many vehicles they have out there of course they have the mirai which is their uh, hydrogen vehicle but all the rest are uh, hybrid or plug-in hybrid vehicles and the interesting thing about the venza it's about six years ago was on the market it was sort of this culmination of three different vehicles it was a uh, part camry it was sort of uh, part highlander and then uh, part some something else in the middle all sort of put together it wasn't very nice on the inside but i did love the outside very much it i think it was a little bit too early in its life cycle it was this sort of uh, minivan suv crossover that had some characteristics as a car when i looked at the new venza on the outside for the first time this vehicle looks like not a toyota looks much more like it should come out of the uh, lexus family and I'm wondering if perhaps it started its life as a as a Lexus and then ended up being a Toyota. However, it's definitely got this exquisite look on the outside of the vehicle. Uh, it came out during the middle of the pandemic, and so a lot of people don't really know about it, and they haven't really got their feet wet with the new Venza. But it only comes in two, in the format of a hybrid, so it's not available in a gasoline. So if you're just looking for a gasoline crossover, you're out of luck. It doesn't come in a gasoline version. If you were just looking for a two-wheel drive vehicle you're out of luck there it comes in only an all-wheel drive version has an electric motor in the back axle which powers the back wheels which makes it into that all-wheel drive three electric motors and a 2.5 liter gasoline engine up front now luxury on the inside is interesting but i talked to russ humberson over at the uh, beaverton toyota dealership and russ was telling me that uh, the Stargazer roof. Have you seen the Stargazer roof in, in this, Jen? No, I haven't been in this So vehicle. it has a panoramic sunroof, mm-hmm. and it has what they call the Stargazer headline or Stargazer roof. And you push a button, and it goes opaque. So mm-hmm. you have the sunroof, and when you look out, you can push a button, and it sort of goes to frosted glass. Oh, I it's electronic, and it becomes frosted glass. I saw this first on a BMW product, but Toyota grossly underestimated how popular this would be. And they didn't make enough of them with the Stargazer roof. So now everybody that sees the new Venza orders them. And Russ was saying, people come in, they see the Stargazer roof, and they go, hi, I'd like that. And he goes, "Uh, they're all sold with a Stargazer roof. We don't have. So if you want a Stargazer roof in the new Venza, you need to order it. They start at a very reasonable uh, around... I think around $30,000, $32,000, reasonable price for a two-row, uh, five-seater, very nicely, about the RAV4 size, maybe slightly large, slightly slightly larger. It's sort of between the RAV4 and the Highlander, so, so it's slightly in between. Is it kind of more like a wagon look? It looked to me, it looks like kind of uh, a wagon. Uh, no, it's really a coupe. It's is a coupe it really SUV. A coupe? Okay. It's a coupe SUV. 
um, but it's slightly larger than the RAV4. It's the same width, and it's about six inches longer than the RAV4, okay. but it's slightly smaller than a Highlander. I love the f RAV4. Uh, well, this is sort of like a bigger RAV4, a more exquisite, a more... Maybe too exquisite for you, Jen. <laughs> it may be too, like, you uh, know, ballroom gown for you. Maybe. Maybe. 12-inch okay. uh, screen on the inside. Looks amazing on the inside. You want to take a look at the pictures. Uh, yeah. uh, they did a really good job of making this upper class. But starting at $32,000, you can get it to about 44 45 maybe, if you check every box. See, that's my problem. Like you. Uh, we check every box. Oh, God. I, yeah. <laughs> Lord, help me. When they say starting Lord ad, I just me. automatically add 10 grand. <laughs> I, I just, I, I can tell you, um, uh, I need to be protected by uh, a crucifix every time I go into a dealership. I just can't stop myself. I know. I, I need... You in the mini dealership that one day, I was oh. like, okay, Nick. I probably need some kind of therapy at car dealerships because I can't help myself. I really can't. I mean, just, oh, check that box. Oh, I want that. Oh, it comes with special nuts on the wheels. Oh, I'll have that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just, I absolutely can't help myself. That's how I am um, at a dealership, too. It's like, yeah. I want to test drive that. Ooh, I want to look. I'm weak. Can I have that? <laughs> I'm weak. Um, uh, I love to look at the images of it uh, online. It has a quite nice trunk space, too. The grill, uh, of course, is very beautiful, but the interior is also very beautiful in the vehicle. They, the screen uh, has, is that floating screen that sits on top of the HVAC controls. It has a real shifter. Um, all the lines are very elegant and nicely put together. I just think they did a, a beautiful job of it. Um, if you get the brown sort of accented leather on the inside, that's great. I like the red colors that it comes in uh, on the exterior as well. Uh, I'd like to see a little more variety on the interior colors. Um, it's very conservative, I will say. Mm. Maybe they'll do some more crazy colors on the uh, inside and exterior. The lighter colors on the interior are nice. Uh, but I live in a gloomy, very rainy part of the country, so I try to want to choose I bright. I like black floor mats because don't get me wrong, there's nothing I hate having to more than having to clean the floor mats. <laughs> but I uh, I think it's important having to uh, clean a car, uh, you know, or have a brighter car on the inside. There is sort of a ready brownie maroon color. On the XLE. Ready, brownie, maroon color. Yeah, what would you call it? Look at it. Look at it. Look at the pictures. What color would you call that? Like a mahogany. Mm, no, yes. it's Merlot. It's more like a Merlot. No, that would be purplish. That's not purple. Merlot's not purple. Yes. Oh. Look, look at it now. I've, I've enlarged it. Mahogany. It's got too much red in for mahogany. Mahogany's red. Mahogany's black. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we'll talk about color charts later. Hey, listen, my mother's a color <laughs> expert. I know color. You can argue okay. with her all day, I nope. promise you. I'm good. I don't want to argue with anybody. Um, also, I've been driving this uh, Ford Mustang Marquee. So I uh, went to buy lottery tickets yesterday. No, I didn't win. Uh, I went to buy lottery tickets yesterday, and I went to the little gas station around the corner from my house, mm -hmm. and um, the gentleman more like a dude, but I'll call him a gentleman. Uh -huh. The gentleman who was working the pumps, because uh, it was a bit chilly outside, was sitting in his six-inch lifted big Ford truck that was missing several parts, like bumpers and, and <laughs> wheel well parts, and had different wheels on it. It was a, it was a bit uh -huh. of a... In England, we would call this a garden shed what is on it? wheels. It was a bit of a shed, and he was sitting in it. Uh, he was a very nice guy. Yeah. Kind of coming he was a very nice guy. He was sitting in his shed, and uh, he... 
he, I pulled in in the electric Mustang, the uh, Ford Marquis, and um, as I was coming out with my tickets, he said, what's that? And I, oh, he wasn't that old. He was, was I sounding, was that an old man's voice? He said, he said hey, what's that, man? There you go, that's and, better. And uh, I said, that's, uh, that's, a, he says, is that a Mustang? Before I even got the sentence. Right. Said, is that a Mustang? It's got a Mustang badge on the front. And I said, yes, it's the new electric Mustang. He goes, oh, I've never seen one before. And then I went to uh, the hardware store to buy various nuts and bolts and uh, bits and pieces. And uh, there was people getting out of their trucks, taking pictures of it. Just like Starbucks then, this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Star Do you know how many Starbucks employees you can get out of the window of Starbucks? We got them all. Three. <laughs> three of them. That little tiny window they serve the coffee yeah, out. Yeah, there was three, four. Four, four leaning out the yeah, window, four, four leaning, leaning out, out the window at the same time. <laughs> That's how many Starbucks employees you can get leaning out looking at the Ford Marquee. They love when Nick comes by. They're like, ooh, what car do you have today? Yeah, uh, yeah they're getting quite impressed about it too. And <laughs> and Luke, my buddy who works at the local Starbucks, uh, he's a really super nice guy. He was on the headset taking orders. Mm -hmm. And he's super frustrated when I come through and he's on the headset because he can't talk to me because he has to take orders, right? So he's like, oh, someone else take the headset. So mm -hmm. he couldn't look at the Ford Marquis. They were very impressed with their huge screen on the inside. And um, they're, you know, they're all good sort of uh, save the planet uh, uh, boys and girls at my local Starbucks. And so they were very impressed that the interior yes. was vegan. Yes. But I refused to eat it to show them it really was vegan. So it's a vegan They're interior. Soy cows. Soy cows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they're impressed with that. Um, and then, so I've been driving that, the Venza, and then today I get delivered the Acura MDX, the 2022. I know, I Can can't you believe, wait to see wait, that. We're, we're in 2021. Right. And I'm having a 2022 it's delivered, and we're not even at the end of January. Isn't yet. that the only 2022 right now? I think so. Uh, from what I could tell. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. I only get it for like a couple of days, because then they take it away. So I'm going to be driving that this week. Um, and then I have a whole slew of BMWs. I have the X6M, and I have a whole bunch of electric BMWs or plug-in hybrid BMWs coming too, like the the 530e, which BMW, you you might think there's people like Volvo out there that talk about they're going to do a whole bunch of, they're going to electrify all their vehicles, and they're going to have plug-in hybrid versions. BMW already have pretty much every single one of their vehicles as a plug-in hybrid. Hmm. Um, so, you know, there, take that, rest of the world. We're already <laughs> doing it. So, ha. We're already saving the planet. What are you doing? I mean, it's about choices. Isn't I was going to say, wait a minute, you're you're saving the planet. No, I'm not. I got a BMW X6M, which I happen to own, and so and, bleh, and I have take all that. V8s. Take yeah, that. take that planet. <laughs> <laughs> For every oh, single geez. BMW they're making that's a plug-in hybrid, Jen and I are actually counteracting yeah. it. So thank you all for buying electric vehicles yeah. to now I feel, cover our now I feel footprint. Now I feel like <laughs> I'm evil and I've done something wait a wrong. Minute. And I should be punished. Is your Bronco electric? No. Okay, just checking. How dare you? Well, I was just checking because you surprise me every once I, in a it's while. It's only a four-cylinder. Oh, well. But I did get the plates for it today. Oh, great. Yeah. Woohoo! going for a ride. All right, uh, plenty more on the show coming your way. Now we've uh, completely demoralized <laughs> Saving the Planet in any way whatsoever. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the top news items as well. And uh, we're, we're also going to fill you in on some of the cool things that has been going on in the news, including recalls. Oh, you're so excited. I could tell. People just fell off their seats everywhere all over the country. <laughs> How exciting is, is the show today? Plus, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, driving the X6M and how uh, 617 horsepower will make you want to put a towel down before you actually drive it. <laughs> 
I'm serious. You have to. All right, that's coming up next. <laughs> You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert reaches thousands of people via downloads of our podcast and many more actually stream it live. Our Auto Expert podcast is uh, one of those things that makes listeners happy. You can get it via iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora app, Deezer, Podbean, CastBox, OurAutoExpert.com and many more. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles and this is Our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily along with Truck Girl Jen. It's official Fiat Chrysler and PSA Group have now become Stellantis. The merger between the two brands is complete, making Stellantis the operator of 14 vehicle brands and the fourth biggest automaker in the world. The charter they uh, may drop some brands, including Chrysler. It's still a rumor, but not official. The FCA and PSA groups have completed their merger announced in 2020, creating the Stellantis Group now the uh, fourth biggest, and I think that is uh, as far as volume is concerned. Stellantis become uh, the operating, of course, those 14 brands, and those includes the ones you're most familiar with, probably uh, Chrysler, Fiat, Jeep, Ram, as well as Alfa Romeo, Peugeot, and Citron. Citron. Yeah, I always say that wrong. Citron or Citron. Peugeot. Uh, my brother-in-law always says, don't slam the door too hard on a Citroen because the paint comes off. The merger is allow, allows the two companies to uh, help pr- produce um, a lot of vehicles together and reduce their research and development costs, uh, particularly as the companies move towards electrification. The top uh, five cars kept over 15 years uh, just come from just one company. Take a guess. Toyota. Yeah, Toyota. Well, <laughs> no, they last forever. They do. So do Chevy trucks. And yours maybe uh-huh. last forever. But the top five all come from Toyota. I noticed that. Uh, over the uh, the average, uh, 6.1% of Toyota Priuses are kept uh, 2.2 times more than the average vehicle. 13.7% uh, of 15 years, uh, over 15 years. Uh, I think actually Toyota Priuses used to be really popular. I don't I think, think anybody really. They do. The Highlander is uh, in number two, 14, uh, 12.4% of the older ones still uh, with their first buyers. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, twice as many as the average vehicle. The Tacoma, Sienna, and Tundra also fit in that list, lurking at 11% mark. That's interesting, too. Uh, there are some of other Japanese brands that fall into that kept for the longest time. Honda CRV, of course. Uh, many of those kept with their original owners. The uh, the Pilot, that's next. Subaru Forester, Toyota 4Runner, Toyota Sequoia, including uh, it, it are also included in that top 10 list. Notice uh, Civics aren't in there. Yeah. Because they're stolen all the time. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean they don't last. They could last with the thieved owners. I'm just talking about the, with the The guy that stole them. Could, uh, Toyotas yeah. and Hondas, basically, they... Uh, they People keep them forever. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, does that mean old people have Toyotas and Hondas? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. That's funny when you look at it like that. It's officially dead. The Volkswagen Golf ends its production in the U.S. market, and uh, the Golf GTI and Golf R, though, are still going. But the the Golf itself is uh, goodbye. Did you ever own a Golf? No. You had a Passat, didn't you? No. That was the one. Didn't what? Didn't what? What was your first car you owned? Oh. Um, the Renault Alliance oh that's the one you had for 20 minutes right no I had it 
for a good couple of years. What was the one that you got rid of immediately? You said you, you couldn't oh, the, reach the pedals. The Chevy pick, or not the Chevy, the Ford pickup truck. Is that the one you couldn't reach the pedals? Yeah, it didn't have power steering. Oh, was, and you couldn't turn the wheel? Yeah. Do you, know, how, do you notice, like, I like to bring up things that make you uncomfortable? Oh, I don't care. You don't? Well, you don't? sometimes. Is that Depends the one you had to put blocks on the, the pedals so you yeah. could reach the pedals? I felt really bad because my dad bought it and surprised me, and I felt pretty bad. Right. Did I tell you, like, one year I got... Did you ever think of getting, like, blocks on the bottom of your shoes? Like, hey. you know how you can get those shoes which are raised? I was 16. Like, yeah, you could have got platforms. Okay. I might you have grown have an with inch platforms. since then. You could have wore <laughs> platforms to drive it. I tell you, my dad got me a flywheel one time Do you for notice Valentine's Jordan, Day. Notice Jordan how she tries to change the subject anytime no, I talk about her I'm trying to tell you height. a story, and uh, you're ignoring know, me as no. usual. No, I don't ignore you. Mm -hmm. It's just that anytime you don't want to talk about something, you just move along. It, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just move along. Uh -huh. Jordan notices. I'm not the only one that notices. But, 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 but okay, but what, what person gets a flywheel for Valentine's Day that's got hearts what on are we it talking about? and stuff? Anyway. Isn't that great? It was the best present ever. See. Was it a flywheel for short people? Not even paying attention. Was it a flywheel for short people? Is that a flywheel? What is a flywheel used for, Jen? Explain to us. You know what? Let's go on to the next. No, do you know? Do you know what a flywheel is used for? Yeah, it was for my vehicle. For flies. Is it used for flies? Is that what you're telling me? U.S. agencies order four to recall three million vehicles over airbags. The U.S. auto safety regulators said Tuesday it would require Ford to a company to recall three million vehicles with potentially defective Takata airbags. Are we still talking about Takata? Crazy! It's been like three years. I'm so over the Takata story. Me too. Like, can we just recall all Takata products and be done with it? The U.S. auto safety <laughs> regulars are recalling them. The National Highway Safety uh, Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA. By the way, if you want to know if your vehicle's on a recall list, go to nhtsa.gov. Type in your VIN number, and it will tell you if your vehicle's been recalled for everything. Toyota, uh, sorry, Ford and Mazda Corporation have uh, the recalls outstanding for this uh, airbag problem. Inflatable airbags, and people have been injured, so you should go and check it out. 2006 through 2012 models, various different models. You should go in and put it out. Man wins a Corvette C8 from Georgia Lottery, but the dealers don't have the car, so he's not getting it. I would be furious. Mm -hmm. I would just say, give me the cash. Uh, give me the cash. If you can't provide the car, give me the cash. That's what I would have done. I mean, they have to yeah. provide the car. Why are yeah. they buying it from a Georgia dealer? They could call Shad in L.A. and he would deliver it to them. I know. Um, it can't be just because just they can't get it from a Georgia dealer. They could get it from any. It, it, there are dealers somewhere in the country that have them. Uh, yeah. This is a ridiculous yeah. failure of the Georgia lottery. <laughs> I. They need. Somebody needs they to need be. They need help. Yeah. Some help in maybe job reassignment somehow. That's what I think. Uh, and uh, the all-electric Ford Mustang enters production. Uh, now, the all-electric Ford Mustang is going to enter production in 2028. So we're not talking about the Mark E. We're talking about the regular Mustang. Mm -hmm. Is that the right terminology? The mm -hmm. car Mustang. They're talking about having an electric version in 2028. We've had enough trouble over the Ford Mark E people complaining that it's not really a Mustang. I'm not sure. Well, everything's probably going to be electric by 2028, so let's shut up. Um, yeah. It's a long way away. That's eight. That's seven years away. A lot can change in seven years. Oh, yeah. I could be famous and rich. I mean, stranger things have happened in the world. And you're going to buy me my Corvette, right? It'll probably be something else by that time. Corvettes will be run on um, manure by that time. 
There'll be alternative fuels everywhere. <laughs> by that time, uh, I uh, want it run Mits- by Mitsubishi. Chocolate. Mitsubishi's will be the hot car by that time. I want it run by chocolate. <laughs> we what a have... waste! What a waste of chocolate! No, don't you remember? What a waste the, of chocolate! The lady from yeah. Chocolate. And again, what it, a waste of chocolate! Chocolate. It was reclaimed chocolate. chocolate. It was choc- reclaimed chocolate. Ew, how is it, it reclaimed? Because That's she disgusting. reused it. It was bad chocolate. It was. Uh, remember, it was the leftovers. Chocolate in mouth. Fuel in car. That's all I have to say. All right. Stand by. More show on the way. What have we got coming up? Uh, Cool stuff. That's all you need to know. Here it comes. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest to the Southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. Where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Uh, talking about some of the cars that we've been driving, um, I've been doing a lot of BMW testing recently. And uh, you may have noticed, whether you've had the opportunity or not, that uh, I think the first time that we saw this, uh, BMW had a new grill with the the M3 and the M4. Uh, You know, everybody has to update the looks of their vehicles on the outsides uh, now and again. And if if you're an owner, there's some difficulty that comes with that, of course. You often see some of these vehicles that uh, you perhaps own and you get a new vehicle, with a new grill with a new vehicle. And uh, then you go, wait, it's uh, updated and mine is now outdated. And you can get a little upset about that. You can say, my grill is no longer the newest and most modern grill in a vehicle. Then you can also be a fan of the vehicle and go, the vehicle's been modernized. I like how it looks. I mean, people do this with logos all the time. I mean, Apple refreshes their logo. Recently, Kia refreshed their logo. I don't know. Do you like the Kia new Kia logo? I, I like the new Kia logo. I have a problem with it. I mean, I, you I, know, I grew like up in Europe. I grew up in Europe. Mm-hmm. I saw the new, you know, I of course, uh, Europe, Russia is part of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it looks, Russia, a lot of the letters in the Russian language look like they're backwards. And right. I look at the Kia logo and it's, <laughs> it looks like a backwards N, K and a backwards <laughs> N instead of K-I-A. I just cut the tops and the bottoms off, Nick. That's all I did. It just, uh, to me, the new Kia logo looks strange. Well, and then, of course, there's a new General Motors logo. I am not happy about that. See, I like the General Motors logo. Really? Yeah. Okay, I am a firm believer in, like, bold lettering and the big GM. was. Now they went to baby See, I mean, letters. we've already got Those the reaction from you letters. that we get. When and a car company redesigns the face of their vehicles, how do you feel? Depends upon how it looks. Right, but all right, let's think of one when they redefine the face of the Silverado. Recently, like two years ago, how did you feel? I think I, I think I liked that one. You did. Yeah, it was. Name me something you don't like when they was redesigned some vehicles. Um, I think it was on the Silverado. It was a few years ago when they did the hood scoop. Yeah. Design. You didn't like that. Only because I couldn't see over it. All right, well that was more of a mechanical problem. Right. 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 I, I can see where you're looking at that now. It looks like Kin. Yeah. I get it. Kin. The Kia logo looks yeah. like K-I or Back- K-N. A yeah. K and a backwards N. Yeah, I see that now. I can't get that out of my head. When I first saw it, it looks like K and then a backwards N. Mm-hmm. If you're near a computer, go type in new Kia logo and have a look at it. But the GM logo, they changed those bold letters to oh, They did lowercase lower and then they underscored the it, M. I'm not quite sure why they decided to soft. underscore the M. I haven't. Seen the reasoning for that? It's it's soft. 
You think so? <laughs> yeah. See, lower I think, case is I think so soft lo- Lower case is modern now. Mm. Upper case is old. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Then I guess I'm just old. Well, we know that. <laughs> um, so it's the same when you redesign vehicles. When you redesign vehicles, people get upset about it. and They don't like redesigns. Um, so back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, several BMWs have got redesigned grills. What do you think about that one? The 4 well, I, Series. So the 4 Series is what we were talking about. Right. The 4 Series grill has been redesigned, and we will probably see this on multiples. We first saw it on the 3M and the 4M. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say this to people, when you look at the front of the new BMW grills, it looks like an angry rabbit. Okay, I think it, I told you what I... Doesn't it look like an angry rabbit? Just look at it right now. I am. I, it looks like a pig nose. You don't <laughs> think it looks like an angry rabbit? No. I, no. It's it, not kidney bean anymore. It's more like... Well, it is kidneys, but it's nostrils. very... It's, it's kidneys, but it's kind of squished and elongated kidneys. Yeah. I guess the kidney grill would what it used to call it. But look, see, see here? Don't you think that looks like an angry rabbit? Mm-hmm. It looks like butt rabbit teeth. Okay, I, I can see how. I can when see I tell that. people the new BMW grill looks like an angry rabbit, they go, "Oh yeah." <laughs> but after I've said that, I think it looks like pig. I love it. I love it. I like the lights. Now I had this. I had the 430i mm-hmm. out of the fleet. I love it. I like the even numbers. If you didn't know how the BMW nomenclature works. Even numbers, Yeah. you know what nomenclature means? Of course I do. Okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> if you don't know how the BMW nomenclature is, when you have even numbers, it's the coupe okay. style. When you have odd numbers, it's the sedan style. Hmm. Right? So the three is a sedan, the four is a coupe. Now, it could be a four-door coupe. It doesn't have to be a two-door. So it could be a four-door coupe, but it's the, the roof slope. Right? Okay. So I like the, uh, the even numbers. I like the four... The six, the two, I like the coupe styles. Okay. So I like the coupe numbers, but I love the four series. I love the the new grill. Had the five, the 530E, which uh-huh. is the plug-in electric. Uh-huh. It has the old style grill on it, the old kidney-shaped grill. I had to go back to the old grill after the new grill. That was hard. Oh, my God. After having the new grill on a BMW, it, that was hard. <laughs> it was hard to go back in time. Wow, Nick. Wow. I was try- I couldn't get to sleep at night. I had to take sleeping medication. I'd wake up cold sweats. I had to put the pillow over my head. I cried a little at night. Okay. It the, was tough. I like the X. Was it the X6M? The other one I have. That's my I like new that grill. grill. Yeah. I like it a lot better. But that's slightly different. It's an SUV grill. I know, but I like it. Have you ridden in it yet? No. Okay, you'll need to put a towel down for that. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Okay. It'll frighten the... Well, if you're driving, anything will frighten me, but maybe I should drive it by myself. It'll it'll frighten the living soul out of you. 617 horsepower. Beautiful. When can I drive it? Oh, anytime you want. Yay! If you put a towel down. I don't... I don't need a towel thing. You will. (laughs) You'll sweat. I, I'll need a pillow. You'll sweat. <laughs> phone books. It comes with. You know you what? Know they do you know they don't make phone books anymore. Really, you know that, right? You know, but Volvo have <laughs> Volvo have child booster seats in, embedded inside the seats. Well, I'll call Russell. 
you could get a Volvo car with child booster seats in them. Perfect. I, oh, they don't I make them drive. in the front. They don't make because them in the front. I can drive no. a Volvo just fine. Yeah, days. they don't make them in the front. You're out of luck. So um, anyway, the BMW 4 Series, uh, I think, is uh, one spectacular piece of machinery. Uh, BMW introduced it actually last year. It's a 2021. They're, they're not cheap. I mean, the $47,600 is the starting price for the 430 uh, X, X-Drive, the i. Um, 58000 for the M version. Uh, and the interior, lots and lots of high-tech in these vehicles now. They're not messing around, these guys. Big screens, heads-up display, the same as a fighter jet. Do you know, uh, BMW, look at that. Just look at that picture. Just look, don't, don't, you cannot tell me that isn't the most beautiful car the, you've never seen. I, I'm looking at the green one. Oh, I like I the green one. It's going to be different, don't you? Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's a two-door version. Yeah, I like that angle better with the grill. All new second generation BMW 4 Series. There's a two-door coupe, uh, more power, torque, performance. It's a lot more than previous generation. Loads more safety features, uh, starting around 45 for the two-door. Um, I will tell you that I, I couldn't be more in love with this vehicle. But you either love or you hate the new grill. Lexus have done something, and Toyota and Lexus are doing something interesting, especially with the Toyota lineup. Every single one of their trim levels now gets a different grill. So you can right. be able to look at a Toyota and go, oh, that's that trim level. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're making some of them more sporty looking. Some of them are blacked out. Some of them are chrome. It's interesting, too. I noticed with the Kia, with the new Sorento, yeah. you have uh, the X-Line, which is kind of their more off-roady trim. It's kind of like um, we go camping for the weekend. We can a bit more sort of saddle leather on the inside, a bit more uh, rough and ready go camping, get a dog hair in the back, that sort of thing. And then they have their their high-end uh, trim levels for sort of more out-around-town, posh events. Not that we're going anywhere because of COVID. Sophisticated Sophisticated. Yes. Yeah, ball gown elegance. type stuff. More elegance. But that has more chrome. Which are you? Because I'm a more X-line kind of going out with the dogs in the, in the country and that sort of thing, more than I am sophisticated restaurants, you know, $150 steaks. I... You know, it just depends for me. I I don't know. You're a $150 steak girl? <laughs> no. If someone else is paying. No, if I'm paying, probably. I, if, if I'm paying, she's a $150 steak girl. No, I'm not if, actually. What? I'm very conservative when it comes to that. Yeah, I kind of well, actually Well, it doesn't like, mean you're not conservative. I kind of like both of them. How about oh, that? Oh, split personality. No, just yeah. a Libra. <laughs> I'm sure you're not Aquarius. Positive. Split personality. No, I am even. You're even? You're well balanced? Yes. Oh, that's a lie. <gasps> um, okay. And the next <laughs> car is? Uh, that, I mean, I'm just telling you right now. Uh, Plug-in hybrids, too. I like the idea that BMW actually have a huge stable of pretty much every vehicle they make, I think, comes in a plug-in hybrid. Even their SUVs, the 3, the 5, they all come in plug-in hybrids. I'm working my way through the entire fleet trying to test drive as many as I possibly can because I'm very impressed the fact that they have so many plug-in hybrid vehicles. If it and BMW's nomenclature, if it has an E after the name of the car, it, it's a plug-in hybrid version. Um, yeah, they're just combining the plug-in hybrid. Uh, the the i3 is, I mean, they have a whole bunch of new cars coming this year. The 4i, which is going to be their 4 series, uh -huh. electric is coming this year as well. Huh. There is an awful lot coming for them. And then, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this. Probably I'm not. I'm going to tell you anyway. There's new Minis coming this year. Um, the end of this month, there is a new Mini two-door hardtop and a Mini four-door hardtop, I believe. 
So stand by. We've been waiting. This it seems like a long time. We went, and Mini takes the states as this year too. Yeah. Okay. So if you can have any BMW car, which would it be? A X6M. Thank you and good night. M4 GT4. Good night. Yeah. How much is that going to cost you? Hey, I didn't say you had to buy it. I just said which one would you? No. Yeah. Who's buying factory. it? Because I'm not. It's like anything else. I'm buying the steak. I'm buying the car. Clearly. All right. Stand by. More hour order exit on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Of course, uh, we like to talk about tech since uh, what would have been CES has come and gone. This year was moved to a virtual uh, online event. But it doesn't stop the tech rolling out all the time. Uh, Vince Galante uh, is the chief uh, of ex user experience at uh, Stellantis, which is what uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles used to be. And uh, he is also uh, an expert. I hope this is right, Vince, because if not, you're going to yep. be an expert in the next few seconds. You're also an expert <laughs> in, in the new uh, Stellantis Amazon uh, Alexa experience. Um, it seems to be a trend, Vince, of everybody uh, wanting to get Amazon as part of their uh, vehicles because it's sort of part of our lives in the home. And why shouldn't it be part of our lives outside of the home as well, right? Correct. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when we talk about um, future tech and cars and future user experiences, it's all about, you know, the experience used to be just about the in-vehicle experience. But now with the new technologies, it's getting really exciting. You can start to, to, to bridge together. Uh, our customers' entire digital world. So it, it's really an exciting time. One of the things, yeah. One of the things I don't like to have to do is to learn new things in different places, right? So you learn one thing for your phone, you learn one thing for your house, you learn one thing for your car. If you can sort of keep the the same parameters in every way, it sort of helps you. Uh, it just sort of helps carry one thing to the other. I'm I get annoyed because we around the house we have uh, an Alexa in every single room. And uh, we have to call them by different names because otherwise they listen in other rooms and do things <laughs> in the wrong room. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, oh, it's annoying. <laughs> it's highly annoying. And then if the internet goes down, so it, it went down the other morning and my alarm goes off at like, you know, 3.30 a.m. because I'm doing television in the morning. And it goes off at 3.30 a.m. and I say, uh, uh, hey, Alexa, cancel alarm. And she won't turn it off because the internet's down. So I have to oh, no. actually physically like unplug the alarm. So, you know, there's, there's nuances in everybody's life. But a little bit. Well, yeah, I think, I, Go on. Yes. Yeah, I know. As you say, I think the um, one of the things we strive for is to bring consistency through all of our systems. And I think by bringing Alexa into our new Uconnect 5 system, I think that just takes that familiarity from the home and brings it into the car. Um, yeah. So it just makes it just makes that so, so much seamless, more seamless and more uh, easier for, for everybody that uses it. You know, tell us a little bit about one of the things I, I think that it's able to do now is you're able not just to have because uh, it used to be you would be able to have one system in the car, but now you can Alexa can sort of be the supporting system or the lead system. It, it can sort of be a multiple use, right? Whereas I know in 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 past I've only been able to have Alexa or the in-car system, but I notice with the new ones you're able to have both systems. Is that right? Yeah, we're we're looking at, we're looking uh, our Uconnect Five system does have um, two two voice controls in it. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Alexa, as we mentioned, and one of them is the um, the the Serent system that controls a lot of the, you know, vehicle functions. 
that would call it. And then, you know, with wireless CarPlay or wireless Android Auto, you can have Google Assistant and Siri as well. Um, so what uh, with Amazon, you know, just how do we how do we bring those together? And again, make it so you're talking to one consistent system. So that's huge. I can't tell you that. That's like to me, that's the light went on suddenly because uh, I've had systems before where you've not been able to do that. And that makes a huge, huge difference. So, you know, are, are you a designer or are you a lead technician? Uh, you know, are you. Uh, are you the guy that puts pen to paper? Are you still able to draw a good circle? Or are you, you know, once you get to your level of brilliance, do you end up just filling out HR paperwork? Where where are you at? No, no. Yeah, no, I, uh, no, I, still, I still get to draw uh, from time to time. It, it's mostly, I mean, I have a, I have a really, really experienced team uh, underneath me that, uh, we're, you know, we are growing uh, rapidly. Um, and we're bringing in all kinds of new and interesting skill sets that, um, you know, you've never seen in automotive, the automotive industry before. I, was, I you know, I've user experience designers, of course, but now we're finding that some of them have uh, also uh, undergrad or background in, in psychology. So that's, you know, really given us some good insight into our customers. Uh, I'm bringing, you know, we mentioned about Alexa or, you know, other consumer, uh, you know, types of technology that people are used to and bringing that into the vehicle. So, we're actually hiring uh, interaction designers that have experience in mobile and web and trying to bring that, that knowledge to us. And, and even and, and one that uh, is pretty fun is, you know, now you, you're starting to see like in our new Grand Cherokee L, uh, a lot of digital displays, you know, the 10 inch cluster, the heads up display, in addition to the radio. So we're actually bringing in uh, entertainment and gaming designers to help us to, you know, understand the new and, and, and cool ways to, to visualize that, visualize that in the car. Um, so, you know, of course, it, to make it look really uh, new and modern and fresh, but at the same time, it really bringing that realistic type of visualization helps the customers understand the system better too. So, uh, so I, I do get to I, I still I still get to uh, sketch here and there, but for the most part, it's uh, ever you know the people on my team are much better than me. Uh, and but that's the same way as too as manager. Do you get to do the ten you know so ten million feet view and you sit there and you go how does the customer experience this and sort of guide people through and you put it through in the customer experiences yeah. as as yeah. sort of the head of tech and lead designer you try and put yourself in the customer shoes all the time yeah and and you know like we we have specialists that focus on this area or that area within the car or within the digital type of. Um, you know, user, user journey. So yeah, I, I'm basically um, kind of looking over everything and making, you know, again, bringing that consistency throughout every step um, that a customer might see and, and, and just trying to, you know, you know, everybody on my team is, is always looking at customers, doing user testing, looking at research right. and, and trying to, to take all of those different inputs and see if there's some, you know, bigger, uh, larger level right. trends that we can. I yeah. get it. Um, Look, in my humble opinion, the Uconnect system has always led the world in infotainment, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Are you leading the world Thank still? You. Are you are you still leading the world? Will you lead the world? Are you going to conquer this far faster than your competition? Well, we we never stop. So I'll say we never stop. We're always exploring. We're always trying new things. Um, you know, now that with the Uconnect Five system, we've got um, Android operating system. We've got over there updates. So. We can we can continue to improve the system, you know. We don't have to wait for vehicle launches anymore. Right. We can we can improve it over time. So yeah, um, you know the, the competition's tough out there. So we, we got to stay on our toes a bit, and we're we're not afraid to uh, try new methods, uh, bring in different diverse skill sets like we talked about, and e even 
um, different types of tools and software to actually to create designs. So I, I think uh, I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm uh, excited, Vince. It's great to talk to you, uh, Vince Galente from uh, the Chief User Experience. By the way, Vince, the one thing I want uh, is an espresso machine in my vehicle. So if you can make that part of the Uconnect, I'll be very happy with you. We'll <laughs> I, talk to you. I love I love me some coffee. So right. we'll talk to you soon. Our <laughs> auto expert. Thank you. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Catch up uh, with previous episodes of the show and start a conversation with us. Just ask us a question. Direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, he joins us every single week to talk about what's going on in the automotive segment, as well as EVs, autonomous cars, and, of course, the business segment of all of the automakers across the entire world. Anton Wallman, he's an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. So Anton, taking a one million foot view of what's going on at the market as far as we're concerned. Tesla sold 500,000 cars, all EVs in 2020. What's the goal for 2021? Yeah, so Nick, uh, basically not only do we now have the results for calendar year 2020, but we're also starting to get the automakers' expectations, including their own expectations, as well as that of uh, the Wall Street consensus, the major banks that uh, have as their job to track and uh, grade all of these companies. And it looks like most expectations are uh, both internally and externally for Tesla to increase their sales by about 60% in 2021. That would take them from the 500,000 cars that they sold worldwide in 2020 to 800,000 cars for this new year, 2021. Realistic or not realistic? You know, uh, I think it's broadly realistic. I think that uh, as an automaker, just like any other purveyor of widgets, uh, you can have uh, a variance in your ability to sell any number of widgets based on the price. So. If Tesla just chooses to discount its vehicles to a certain degree, they certainly could sell more of them. I think they will have the production capacity, certainly, to sell at least 800,000 vehicles for 2021. And their ability to sell them will depend on, you guessed it, the price. Now, supply and demand is always the thing here. You have to buy supplies. You have to uh, take raw materials in, pay your workforce, pay your bills to do that, and then pay off your debt. Does the math work out that Tesla is going to pay down their debt, or does that mean borrowing more money? Because they have huge debt to get themselves into this production situation that they're in right now, but ultimately people are investing and buying Tesla shares in the hope that the company turns out to be profitable one day. Does that profit margin, does that increase in sales work forward to the company becoming solvent? Clearly right now, Tesla is the luckiest company in the world because they have achieved a valuation that is greater than all the other automakers combined, despite having less than 1% of the total automotive market. And investors seem not care about uh, the fact that Tesla barely makes a profit, and if you subtract out the government subsidies, the so-called uh, emissions credits, they're actually not making money at all. Um, so uh, they're able essentially to raise equity at very favorable prices. So 
Tesla doesn't need to borrow money anymore. What they do is that they issue billions and billions of dollars in new equity by selling new shares at these enormously inflated prices. So as a result, Tesla has no problem at all at the moment to finance whatever they want to do. They can build multiple new factories. They can sell cars below cost if they want to uh, at, in great quantities. And uh, seemingly the market doesn't care. So they will be fine, at least under the current conditions. Now, obviously, with a new government in power in the United States and uh, Buttigieg now, the uh, guy who's in charge of transportation, does that make a difference to the Tesla model in North America? Or does their days of those credits and their incentives look like they're numbered for Tesla? Well, I think you have to look at uh, what difference it makes in terms of sales and market share versus what difference it will make to their valuation in the eyes of investors. I think that to the extent that the U.S. government, the federal government, now will put on more stringent quotas and uh, regulations for selling more EVs, that will increase the competition for Tesla and and it will reduce uh, their market share. On the other hand, the perception in the market in terms of Uh, the investors having a perception is that the main beneficiary of any such new legislation will be Tesla. So even though Tesla will lose under such conditions a market share in the real market among consumers, they can actually gain in the eyes of Wall Street, uh, perversely enough. All right. The goal for VW Group, who sold 231,000 EVs in 2020 for 2021, is coincidentally perhaps the same or is strangely enough 800,000? That's right, Nick. Uh, basically, as it turns out, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's not, but Volkswagen came out just the other day and said that they intend to grow almost uh, 250% in terms of their EV sales in 2021. They did sell 231,000 units worldwide in 2020, and they will grow that, they say, to 800,000 this year. So uh, if these projections both remain true, then for all of calendar year 2021, Tesla and the Volkswagen Group will be on equal footing, but Tesla will only have grown by 60%, up from 500,000, whereas the Volkswagen Group will have grown about 250%, up from 231,000, to reach their uh, similar goals of 800,000 for this year. Now, their projections tend to be much more realistic than Tesla's, right? Well, I mean, in this case, I think that both numbers sound eminently realistic, actually. I think these are sort of the numbers that the people who are actually studying them on the ground in all of the major theaters, Europe, Asia, slash China, and North America would probably come up with. I do think that investors on Wall Street seem not to fully comprehend yet how quickly and how massively Volkswagen started catching up already in the second half of 2020 and will be completely caught up in 2021. I think that is where the gap is right now, but I am not going to be surprised and some other people aren't going to be surprised. Investors in general may be a bit surprised when they finally realize what uh, is uh, happening here on the ground. All right, let's uh, let's just uh, recap then. So Volkswagen Group already surpassed Tesla in Europe for 2020, but the main battleground for 2021 uh, might be uh, China. Of course, with a U.S. government uh, change in the United States now, with the Biden administration coming in, things may change as far as U.S. relationships to China are concerned. Does that change how U.S. companies like uh, Tesla fare in China? Yeah, so in China, I think the die has been cast for some time, some time now. Volkswagen has been in the process of building new EV factories for the last few years, 
and they are really firing them up in a big way, pretty much as we speak. So throughout 2021, they're launching a long list of uh, models in China, pure uh, battery electric vehicles. I can hardly keep track of them. There are so many of them, but you could think of the Volkswagen ID4, which just started selling in a couple of European countries in late December as the centerpiece of this attack, but it's far from the only model. There will be many, many more Volkswagen models, at least one or two from Audi and so forth. So China will be a huge battleground in 2021 between these two companies. And uh, clearly, while Volkswagen will make now their initial deliveries of the ID4 in the United States and Canada also in 2021, it'll still be a very small year for Volkswagen uh, in uh, North America, and for that matter, many other automakers to 2021 will still be a pretty small year. So U.S. is going to be more of a 2022 year in terms of taking away very significant market share away from Tesla. Clearly, Tesla in North America in 2021 will lose some market share, but they will still be the market share leader in North America. In China, well, we'll see. That could be a very different story because you have so many players, Volkswagen and many, many others, including, of course, all of the domestic Chinese brands that will be eating away at Tesla very hard here, pretty much starting as we speak. Now, it's sort of old news. We're waiting for so many of these electric vehicles to show up in the United States. It seems to be taking forever for them to actually make their appearances. But uh, there may have been some sightings of a vehicle which is a little bit overdue now. But the Rivian truck uh, seems to uh, starting to emerge in the United States. There's been several photographs on websites around the United States showing this vehicle being testing. Is its release, is its marketing imminent? I mean, I don't see Rivian stores going up anywhere. No, but they say they will be delivering this vehicle sometime later this year. And as a matter of fact, in a pure coincidence, just last night, I actually saw the very first one myself driving out in the wild. I, I, I had a minor heart attack just seeing that light signature coming at me in the dark. Uh, this was you know, after uh, sunset last night. And it's like, wow, that is really distinguished. And, uh, and I, of course, only caught a couple of seconds worth of a glimpse at it. And there are no surprises in, in the look of this vehicle because it looks exactly the same as we have all been led to believe and we have been shown so far. But that uh, front light signature is very, very distinctive. And clearly they're out testing it because... Uh, uh, I can tell you I saw one myself uh, less than 24 hours ago. All right. In the one minute we have left, uh, it looks like the G4xE may be a little more expensive than we'd initially thought. Well, the plug-in hybrid Jeep Wrangler called the 4xE uh, just went on sale. You can order it now on the Jeep website, and it starts a hair below $50,000. But as you know, with all Jeep Wranglers, you click a few boxes and poof, you're at 60000 and uh, well beyond that. I think you can go up to, I think, about as high as 67000 But it's there now. So uh, this will be a very exciting vehicle, and clearly unlike anything else in the market, for those of us who bought the first-generation Chevy Volt 10 years ago, this is the uh, off-road, all-wheel drive uh, Chevy Volt, at least conceptually. So uh, this is a really a beautiful day for those who are plug-in vehicle enthusiasts uh, in this world. Is it on your shopping list? Uh, could very well be. I haven't decided yet, but uh, certainly it's, uh, in terms of the want factor, it's very high up. All right. It looks, it looks nice to me, but I'm 
sure maybe $67,000 even after or even before a $7,500 US federal tax rebate might be a little rich for my blood. However, I do own a Bronco already, so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to think about that very clearly. Anton Warman, independent analyst and investor. You can re read the majority of his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. He always has all the inside information about what's happening in Europe, in China, and in the United States when it comes to autonomous vehicles and, of course, electric vehicles, and when it comes to companies on the inside. There is more Our Auto Expert at the web, ourautoexpert.com, or right now in the show. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over a thousand, 10,000 people downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream at the Our Auto Expert podcast. Join the happy listeners by iHeart, Spotify, Pandora app, Deezer, Podbean, CastBox, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. So uh, we've, uh, we've been pretty much in the BMW camp all day today talking about some of the fun BMWs we've been testing uh, over the last few weeks. BMW's most powerful V8 engine is in the vehicle that I just uh, got hold of and is now one of my permanent stable. I have to tell you, one of the things that the pandemic has taught me, Jen, is there's no time to waste in life. You've got to get these cars and own them and have them if you want them. Now, I have a bit of a secret. You can get hold of these cars fairly cheaply from auction. Now, you know, 2020s, and then you resell them wholesale and you don't lose much money. So I've decided to go through the, all the cars I want to own in my life and just do it. Because if you wait, you get old, you don't have a chance to enjoy things. Uh, who knows what will happen to you um, when you become too old? I bought my first motorcycle from a man who was 63 years old and decided he was not sharp enough to ride his motorcycle anymore. And it was actually a sad day for me because his motorcycle career was over. And I realized that, that I had to do things now that I may not be able to do later in my life. And so now I have three motorcycles and I, I have <laughs> a bunch of cars um, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it while I can because at some point it won't be a good idea to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it won't be safe. You know, I have friends now who used to ride motorcycles a lot. And now they're in their 50s and they have kids and they're like, no, it's too dangerous. I don't mm -hmm. want to do it anymore. So you should take you know, your life by both hands and enjoy the things while you can before it's too late. So I really wanted to own one of my favorite cars in the whole world, which is a BMW X6M. And so now it's in my driveway and I have it and, and I'm, I couldn't be happier. 4.4 liter twin turbo uh, V8 delivers 617 horsepower. It is mind bogglingly crazy. It uh, gives you an unbelievable drive. It, uh, it, I can't even explain to you how much fun it is. I mean, you could go to simple things like all of the different colors. Actually, the one I own is, is in the uh, Amarin Metallic, uh, Amatrin Metallic, which is a, basically a dark red. Merlot. Yeah, it's a dark Merlot. Mm -hmm. Merlot. A dark Merlot color. Merlot. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, it's not, what is it, like Camelot? Camelot. Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it has the M buttons on it, the M uh, Steptronic automatic transmission, which is from smooth to aggressive uh, with a three-stage drivetronic system, switches to manual mode. You can take your hands uh, on control with the steering wheel. It has mounted paddle shifters. Uh, there are a couple of things that I don't like about it. Oh, Shifting is shock. annoying. 
Really? Yeah, you Something have to. Something you don't like? You have to, like, <laughs> the shifting is difficult. You have to, you know, shift twice, and it always wants to go into manual mode and that sort of thing. Paddle shifting is easier, actually, by the way. I like regular. Uh, ergonomic performance seats. Uh, it sounds amazing if you put it in the M mode, in the M1 mode, if I pre-programmed it for that. Uh, 617 horsepower is really difficult to explain to someone. It's just much easier to experience it in the uh, four-wheel drive sport mode. It, uh, the rear biased driving, I mean, it sounds amazing. It performs amazingly. Connected cockpit, it makes so much beautiful noise when you drive it. Um, and I've taken a few people for rides in it, and they're like, oh, this thing is amazing. And now I like SUVs, don't get me wrong, but you're either in love with coupe-style SUVs, or you hate them? Are you a lover or a hater of coupe SUVs? I like some, and I don't like some. Oh, you're a weirdo. You're, a, you're <laughs> halfway across the line. You're a step in one way and a step the other. You, you're you're a line crosser? I like the ones that look more, I guess, coupe-ish, I guess, than the ones that look more wagony looking. I know. Oh, okay. Uh, standard live cockpit professional uh, you know professional uh, includes a 12.3 inch digital instrument cluster heads up display uh, presenting navigation shift indicators a, a rev counter um, in the M specific uh, configuration you can change all those things of course it's uh, connection like never before it has the latest iDrive a 7.0 operating system fully integrated with the standard BMW intelligent personal assistant um, I took my the guy that helps us because we're building the studio in front of the house right now oh, it's exciting um, so we have uh, Rigo who's the guy that's helping us with our uh, landscaping mm -hmm. he has his seven-year-old son who's also called Rigo mm -hmm. and he watches me on YouTube he watches all my TV segments and yeah. he comes over and I offer to take him for a ride he loves it. He, cannot, he can't even see over the dash. He's seven. Cute. He's awesome. Uh, he's just a really cool kid. And he videoed the whole thing on his phone, and he really thought it was cool. But you know what he was most impressed by? What? Gesture control. In the, you know, like, because you can turn the radio up by doing your finger yeah. in a circular motion. But the, the thing he was most impressed about, so we had it on uh, Sirius It's One because he wanted to listen to, like, music, you know. And he's like, get this song, get that song, get this song. You know how seven-year-olds right. are. And so the thing he was most impressed about was if you do this, like you, you like a hitchhiker, you thumb mm -hmm. with your thumb, like you're trying to get hitch a ride, it yeah. changes the channel up. And if you thumb <laughs> with your left hand and you thumb the other direction, it changes the channel down. So you go channel up, channel down, channel. I felt like I was 70s dancing or something. Uh, you channel. look like you're 70s dancing. Thanks very much. I wasn't Staying even alive. alive. I wasn't Staying even alive, alive in the 70s. Anyway, so the connected uh, advanced <laughs> active protection systems, you know, because if you... According to Jen, if you drive like me, it has a uh, lane departure warning, uh, mm -hmm. active blind spot uh, detection, and lots more systems to make sure that Jen is safe in the car, even though she's screaming all the way down. <laughs> uh, My way favorite is when you Starbucks park. Now. Why? Okay, so they always have those indicators like, hello, <laughs> you're too <laughs> close. <laughs> and it just keeps going until it just stops itself. <laughs> it's like, Slams <gasps> on the brake? Yeah. Oh, that's what they're for, aren't they? Automatic braking curb. systems. <laughs> Um, well, and the curb's there to stop you too. I mean, what else is it there for? Oh, What's yeah. the curb there for? To hold the soil into the landscaping? I'm no, the it's there to stop you. Like six six inches away or well, a foot away from the curb. Yeah, and, and you're curbs. the one that has a six inch lifted truck that could take the curb and mush <laughs> the landscaping right. without any trouble. And I wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, well, and I wouldn't do it because I'm a good girl. That's right. And I nick's a bad boy. Yes, yeah, right. Finally. Uh, <laughs> 
professional package uh, it gives you even more high-tech capabilities like the extended traffic jam assist and active lane keeping assist who wants lanes the lines are there to be crossed That's you know what, what i, I like about this what? i Nothing? like that no i hundred eight thousand six hundred dollars what i like the stitching you do yeah the m's the M Jordan, I could not agree with you more. Jordan's eyebrows just with a whole story well, there. Six hundred and seventeen horsepower, a hundred and eight thousand six hundred dollars MSRP, and Jen likes the stitching. Super important. <laughs> you know what? It's got to be classy one. all the way. Two against one. Jen. Hey, I'm all about the big engine, and I'm all about the horsepower. You but know apparently, that. the stitching is this, more important. Well, red and blue and yellow. It's a if it was Red. yellow and gray, you'd be happier, wouldn't you? Yellow and black. Yellow and black? Yeah. I thought the Steelers colors were yellow and gray. No. No. Black and yellow. Do you not see my coat? My sweatshirt? Nobody cares. My purse? Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares about the Steelers. I do. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody That's cares all about that matters. Nobody cares about I 617 do. horsepower. Woohoo! What's wrong with you? Nothing. More of this show can be heard at ourautoexpert.com. <laughs> And many things. And uh, you can also listen to previous episodes of the show and check out our videos at ourautoexpert.com. I love you. Goodbye. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ourautoexpert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 